Thanks for joining the Sunrise Message of the Week podcast. We are a part of the Sunrise Podcast Network. For information on Sunrise Christian Center and our sponsors, the Sin Network and Seattle Bible College, check out our website at isunrise.org. Please help spread the word by subscribing, downloading, rating, and commenting on our podcast. The more you interact with our content, the more people will hear it. Dr. Dan Hammer shares from Acts 4 as we continue the Revival Prayer Series. His presence is really strong here today. You can tell you've been praying, church. The world needs a praying church. A church that sat at the feet of Jesus to hear his word. It's so important in the hour we live in. There's so many things to distract us from that. It's one of the things Paul warned in his letter to the Corinthians that we would be distracted from simple love and devotion to Christ. So if you'll turn with me to Acts chapter 4, I believe God's going to do some amazing things in this service, in the second service. I felt it all week. And uh, we're going to look at Acts chapter 4 and what happened in the early church. And I think we need to get back to the pattern of the book of Acts. I believe we need to get back to the way of Christ and the apostles. And we've, we've uh, shifted from uh, we've actually westernized, Americanized a lot, a, lot of, a lot of the gospel and not done, I, I believe, what God's wanted us to do. So, Father, I pray as we hear your word today that your word would be a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. And, Father, we just thank you for your incredible presence. And, Jesus, our highest desire is to know you and love you and honor you and serve you. And, Lord, your presence is so good today and so strong. We pray your anointing would break every yoke off every neck and off every shoulder of people in this sanctuary and people hearing the sound of our voice through live stream and, Lord, through all the media outlets, people that will even hear this after. I thank you that your gospel has power to set prisoners free, that your gospel has powers to heal the brokenhearted, to have the gospel preached to the poor. I pray if there's anyone poor in spirit that needs to hear the gospel, as they hear the gospel, their life will be transformed by the resurrected living Savior. And, Father, I thank you for the word of God that was delivered to the saints that we can hear, and we pray that your word would go forth in power in Jesus' name. Amen. So we look at Acts chapter 4 as we begin to read in a moment. I want you to know that we're going to talk about opposition. We are facing opposition in the church, and what did we expect when we signed up? When we signed up and went out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of love, he warned us that we were to be soldiers. He warned us that we would face opposition, that we would be walking contrary uh, to the world system and to what the devil has. So we need to expect that opposition will be there, but we need to learn how to deal with it. And whenever uh, God moves by the Holy Spirit, whenever there's manifestations of the Holy Spirit, there's always going to be opposition. And we find it in Acts chapter 4, and it's set in the background of uh, Acts chapter 3, where the man who had uh, over 40 years was born with deformed ankle bones that had calcified. And if you look at the technical language, it means that there was someone with deformed ankles that for over 40 years had calcified. He was sitting there begging, and, and he got much more than what he was begging for. He got Jesus. And what the world needs now is they need us to impart to them Jesus to impart the gospel of the kingdom and the love of God and the power and the demonstration of the Holy Spirit. It says in 1 Corinthians 4.20 that my kingdom is not in word, but it's in power. And I'm thankful that I want people's faith to rest in the power and the demonstration of the Holy Spirit, not the wisdom of men's words. The wisdom of men's words can be very enticing. 
very, very enticing, but they're not as powerful as the message of the cross, but they are powerful. Because Paul said in 1 Corinthians 2 that the wisdom of men's words can make the the cross of no effect. So we want to make sure that we're basing our lives on the word of God. So it says in Acts chapter 4, verse 1, Now as they spoke to the people, the priests, the captain of the temple, and the Sadducees came upon them, being greatly disturbed that they taught the people and preached in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. And they laid hands on them and put them in custody until the next day, for it was already evening. However, many of those who heard the word believed, and the number of the men came to be about 5,000. And it came to pass on the next day that their rulers, elders, and scribes, as well as Annas the high priest, Caiaphas, John, and Alexander, and as many as were of the family of the high priest, were gathered together at Jerusalem. And when they had set them in the midst, they asked, By what power or by what name have you done this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day are judged for a good deed done to a helpless man, by what means he has been made well, let it be known to you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man stands here before you whole. This is the stone which was rejected by you builders, which has become the chief cornerstone. Nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated, untrained men, they marveled and they realized that they had been with Jesus. And seeing the man who had been healed standing with them, they could say nothing against it. But when they had commanded them to go aside out of the council, they conferred among themselves, saying, What shall we do to these men? For indeed, that a notable miracle has been done through them is evident. To all who dwell in Jerusalem, we cannot deny it. But so that it spreads no further among the people, let us severely threaten them, that from now on they speak to no man in this name. So they called them and commanded them not to speak at all nor teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered and said to them, Whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you more than to God, you judge. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. So when they had further threatened them, they let them go, finding no way of punishing them because of the people, since they all glorified God for what had been done. For the man was over 40 years old on whom this miracle of healing had been performed. And being let go, they went to their own companions and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. So when they heard that they raised their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, you are God who made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them, who by the mouth of your servant David have said, why did the nations rage and the people plot vain things? The kings of the earth took their stand and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. For truly against your holy servant Jesus whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, with the Gentiles and the people of Israel, were gathered together to do whatever your hand had yet, and your purpose determined before to be done. Now, Lord, look on their threats and grant to your servants that you, that with all boldness they may speak your word, by stretching out your hand to heal, and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word of God with boldness. Now the multitude of those who believed were of one heart and one soul. Neither did anyone say that any of the things he possessed was his own, but they had all things in common. And with great power, the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. Now there was, nor there was there anyone 
among them who lacked, for all who were in possessions of lands or houses sold them and brought the proceeds of the things that were sold and laid them at the apostles' feet, and they distributed each one as anyone had need. And Joses, who was also named Barnabas by the apostles, which is translated son of encouragement, a Levite of the country of Cyprus, having land, sold it and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. Father, I would bind the voice of the evil one in Jesus' name. And Lord, I declare that John 10, 27 says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. I pray your voice would be released through this sanctuary over the airwaves. I thank you that we pray and we ask in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, extend forth your hand to save, to heal, and to deliver today. And may we keep the message of the church, the message focused on Jesus. May we preach and teach Jesus Christ who has been raised from the dead. That is the answer to all the problems of our culture, our governments, our nations. And they're all raging and imagining vain things. And may we be the ones who tell the story of Jesus clearly and distinctly in Jesus' name. Amen. We're in a, in a world that's very similar to the world they were in. The Sadducees were very rationalistic. They were very materialistic. They thought of only the natural realm. A lot of what's happening today is very similar. We have a lot of people that have beliefs such as the Sadducees that talk about a rational world and talk about science and talk about other things. I'm so grateful that we serve a God who's beyond and transcendent above all those things. He's also the one that created them all. And uh, I just want to encourage you that as we face opposition, we need to realize that the opposition of today is much like it was in the book of Acts. The Sanhedrin were in opposition to them. The people and the priests, as well as the captain of the temple, who was the captain of the police force in the temple, and uh, the family members and others were gathered together. They were the part of the, Jew, the Jewish Supreme Court and the Sanhedrin was the Jewish Supreme Court that would have probably seen this man many times as they went into the basilica, as they went into the temple. And it was about three o'clock in the afternoon and Peter and John are going to man prayer. Uh, maybe the ladies were going to Women Crush Wednesday. Maybe they were going to the solemn assembly, but they had a custom where at three o'clock in the afternoon they gathered for prayer. Might be a good custom to start. And I'm so thankful that we've called the church to pray. We're going to pray for government leaders this week. We're going to, we've targeted 12 things that have been, we want to see the uh, coronavirus eradicated in the name of Jesus. He died on the cross that sickness and disease could be eradicated. We need, need to get back to preaching the gospel and laying hands on the sick and seeing people that need the power of God demonstrated. And the Sadducees opposed him. They were very wealthy aristocrats and they they, they did not believe in the resurrection. They did not believe in angels. I've got good news. We believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And, you know, people might say we believe in a fairy tale. No, we believe in the greatest reality that's ever happened. The greatest news in human history that Jesus Christ rose from the dead, triumphant, victory, and full of, full of God's power. And I'm so thankful that we live in a greater reality than the material world. But we serve the creator and his son, Jesus Christ, and we're sons and daughters of the living God and we believe the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead can quicken your mortal body and can transform you and uh, power you and touch you and cause you to know his presence and his power. 
And I thank God that there's a greater disease. It's called eternal life. There's a greater thing. It's not a disease. I shouldn't say that, but it's a, it's a greater impartation that the church has. We need to infect everybody in the world with eternal life and with the resurrection power of God. We need to start a pandemic of the power of God being released across the nations. I thought somebody might be excited in the Pentecostal church. And the Sadducees, they say we're sad, you see, because they didn't believe in angels. And you have holy angels that are, are protecting you and keeping you. We've been praying Psalm 91 over this congregation. There's been no pandemic released in this congregation. Every day, the staff is praying Psalm 91. No plague shall come near your dwelling. A thousand may fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. And that's not to put shame on anybody that's been sick or had a problem. We love them. We're here to re release love and grace to people in need. It's not about shame. God removes shame. That's what he did at the cross. And how did they oppose? They worked with the Romans. These leaders were grieved, uh, and they were grieved that they taught the resurrection of the dead. You know, there's a lot of people that have been raised in this generation, young people, that think it's a fairy tale. I've got good news. It's way better than a fairy tale. It's way better than a, a happily ever after story. It's the only good, too good to be true story that's really good, that's really true. That Jesus Christ took your sin and shame and he raised from the dead and he will give you the purpose that you were created for. He'll release the impartation of the very life of God that the Father gave him to have in himself that, that the Holy Spirit imparts to anyone who receives Jesus Christ. And I've got good news. God is going to break the religious spirit that's ruled over America. He's going to release a revival, an outpouring. We're praying revival prayers for an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. There's people that are preaching against it and say, oh, this has to happen and that had to happen. And you know what? God just happens when there doesn't seem like anything can happen. And if you have Jesus in your life, he can happen wherever he wants to happen. He's God. And he will do incredible things in and through your life. So how did they face this opposition? You know what's amazing? They were being brought into a court trial with the religious and the political leaders of their time. And you know what they were tried for? What they were in for? What their crime was? Is helping a helpless man get healed. I wish that's what the church was on trial for today. We're trying to intellectually argue people into a kingdom that can only happen through a born again Holy Spirit experience where people's hearts are touched. And I want to encourage you that we need to remember that God loves people. Jesus died for people. People are more important than ideas. Ideas are important, but people are way more important than ideas. And if your ideas don't see people transformed by the power of God, I just want to tell you up front, you've got a bad idea. I've had a few of them myself. So this was the opposition they faced. We're facing opposition. But I'm glad that Many of my friends all this week, I got good news reports. I'm, I don't want to hear the bad news reports. They're all out there. There's, you know, there's all kinds of bad news broadcasters and bad news preachers. I've got good news. The good news, people are getting saved this week. People are getting healed. People are getting filled with the Holy Spirit. People I poured my life into for years, I keep pouring my life into them and spending my time with them. Because you know what all the reports were this week? that people got saved, that people got filled with the Holy Spirit, that people got healed, that people got delivered. They won't show that on the news. But I've got good news. Heaven's been showing that. As a matter of fact, it caused all the angels of heaven to rejoice this week. 
So earlier in the week, I get a, I get a, 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 a call from a, a man who's been a state representative, a state governor I've worked with for years. His brother comes to church here. He now works for the federal Trump administration. He said, Pastor Dan, I just want to encourage you. You know, this person we've been praying for, my 80-year-old friend surrendered his life to Jesus. I got to lead him to Christ. One of the men in the front row texted me yesterday. I was out washing my wife's car and vacuuming it out, so I didn't get the phone call in time. He led two people to Christ in the Walmart parking lot. Another man I've been pouring into, Rick Michaels, said, you know what, what do I need to do? I, I, I don't get these words of knowledge and these supernatural things like this. So here's my book on the gifts of the Spirit and just start stepping out and watch what God does. So he's been, having, he's been ministering to leaders in Pakistan early in the morning. Great groups of them are gathered. And he said, Pastor Danny came up in the middle of worship. I just got to tell you, sorry to interrupt your worship. Uh, he said, guess what? He said, two people got baptized in the Holy Spirit while I was praying for him over the live stream. This is what the church is supposed to be doing. Oh, they won't let us do this. and They, they can't stop us. Amen. Nobody can stop the power of God. No one can stop what Jesus Christ is going to do in this hour. He set the stage for a moving of the Holy Spirit unparalleled in human history. And the world's been waiting for this moment, and they don't even know what they've been waiting for. So they faced opposition. How did they face opposition? By being filled with the Holy Spirit. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. We need to be having these meetings and say, God, fill me afresh with the Holy Spirit so I'll be a witness. We have too many judges and too many lawyers. We've been called to be witnesses in the court of the world to declare what we've seen and heard. I've seen blind eyes open. I've seen lame people walk. I've seen people with conformed bodies that have been reformed by God. I've seen people's spines that were totally out of whack. And the doctor said, you'll never have a straight spine. And they've been in this church and a, all of a sudden you heard two things clap like a, like a two by four and their backs were totally restructured. I remember when the healing started in a wave there was a young man who played football, had no cartilage in his knees, and the young people, and we started to pray for him, and he went back to the doctor, and they sent us a power presentation from the doctor operating on his knees, and the two doctors are talking, and you know what they're saying? Oh my goodness, he's got cartilage in his knee. You should hear the doctors. We got to play it up on the screen. This is the, what people need to hear, not what God isn't doing. God's on the move. God's saving people. He's delivering. We face opposition by being full of the Holy Spirit, by being filled with the power and the demonstration of the Holy Spirit. And we need to start to preach the word of God. We don't need more viral conspiracy theories. We need viral scriptures and viral word of God. The word of God lives and abides forever. When Peter was confronted, he didn't say, well, you know what? This lady in my home group had a video and I need to share it with everybody. He says, you know what the psalmist said in Psalm 118, 22, the stone which the builders have rejected, which to become the chief cornerstone. Isaiah declared in Isaiah 28, 16, therefore thus says the Lord, God, behold, I lay in Zion a stone, a sure foundation, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. Whoever believes will not act hastily. I see a lot of Christians acting hastily, worried and afraid. Where are the lions of Judah? Where are the young lions and the men and women of God that are going to stand up and say, my God rules? I love one of the ladies in our church, dear black sister, who said, you know what, pastor? She goes, I grew up with a mama that's 81. She's a, a black Pentecostal. And all she says to all this stuff is, God be for you. Who can be against you? We need to get back to that kind of faith in the church. 
to proclaim the word of God. And I want to send viral scriptures out. I want to give people words of God. I want to start sending videos out with the word of God on. That's what changes people's lives. That's what caused them to be born again. That's what caused them their mind to shift. What Jesus can do in their life. And we need to face, uh, be filled with the Holy Spirit by being full of his word. And there's no other answer. There's no other answer for the world. There's no other answer for anybody. There's salvation in no other name. But only in the name of Jesus. And we need not to only know that Jesus saves, but only Jesus saves. And you know, there's a lot, of, a lot of stuff going on out there, but when they see people full of the Holy Spirit, when they see people that have been in the presence of Jesus, you know, we've been in the presence of Jesus. It changes us when we come into his presence. And we can all face opposition by, you know what, seeing the salvation of Jesus in and through our lives and imparting that to everybody. And we face opposition by being filled with the Holy Spirit, speaking the word of God, and by being bold. We need to be bold in this hour. How do we get bold? I'm glad you asked. Boldness is produced. They said when they saw Peter and John and they saw they were unlearned and untrained, they had not been through the schools of Hillel and, and Shammai, the rabbinical leaders, they were just fishermen. But these fishermen, they said, you know what? The people looked and said, guess what? These guys are bold because they've been in the presence of Jesus. That's what their enemies said about them. What if the church was being spoken of in the world that we've got to watch out for these people because they've been in the presence of Jesus? We need a church that's been in the presence of Jesus. When you're in the presence of Jesus, you can be bold because you'll hear his voice. You'll hear his word. You'll declare things and things will happen. And then it says when they prayed. That's why we're calling the church to pray. I've had Christian leaders say, oh, you're, oh, you're just praying? Is that all you're doing? No, it's not all we're doing, but it's the main thing we're doing. We're crying out to God for God's direction, God's power. And then we walk out our prayers after we lead the building. And when you pray, things happen. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. When this place becomes the house of prayer for all nations that God destined it to be about 33 years ago, you're going to see an explosion all around the world. You're going to see an explosion in our Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the uttermost parts of the earth. We need to get back to being prayed. And when they prayed, what happened? They were filled afresh with the Holy Spirit. They weren't just filled in Acts chapter 2. Now in Acts chapter 4, they're filled again with the Holy Spirit and they speak the word of God. With boldness. And it says in Acts chapter, I believe it's 13, verses 46 to 47, they spoke the word. And when you speak the word of God, you can be bold. When you're speaking someone's theory or opinion, it doesn't really affect people for eternity very much. But the word of God will always affect people. The word of God is the seed we need to be planting now. I hear very little preaching of the word of God. I'm so dismayed when I hear Christian programs where Jesus' name isn't mentioned. Or someone else's name is mentioned more than Jesus. Who's, you know what? Only thing I like to say about Jesus is Jesus is Lord. Yes. Jesus is Lord. Yes. Jesus is Lord. And I want to encourage you to preach the word of God and live it out and watch what begins to happen. And then the fifth thing, the sign of God's power at work is Acts 14 uh, verse 3. It says that, you know what? When you're bold, guess what? God's power gets manifest. And I, I, I love, I love, anybody else love a challenge besides me? Anybody in the house love a challenge? This is a challenging time. This is when the church has always been in its finest moments. We need to rise up to the challenge. So we need to face the opposition. So secondly, then how do we deal with the opposition? I believe there's a lot of good things in here that how we can deal with the opposition we're facing by being with Jesus. The priests saw that they'd been with Jesus. And you know what? A Christ-captivated life enables us to live an extraordinary life. 
I don't know about you, but people get captivated by something other than Jesus. About the only th else thing that I'm really, really captivated of is my wife. But it's nothing, you know, I, I need to be honest, it's nothing like I'm captivated by Jesus. As much as I love my wife, she's my favorite person to be with outside of Jesus. And you know what? I'm captivated by Jesus. Amen. So when people talk about periphery things, I'm just saying, I want to be captivated by Jesus. We need to get captivated by Jesus again. We need to think about who he is and what he does before we witness to people and how powerful he is and how he changed our lives and how he can change their lives. It's amazing what Jesus can do. So live a Christ-captivated life. And what could they say? I mean, here was a person they'd walk by. He's, he's right outside the Sanhedrin's door. He's right at the beautiful gate. And what's happening? He's healed. He, and what did they say? They, they, they actually pushed him out of the meeting and said, what are we going to do? Everybody knows this guy got healed. What if the indictment of the church was that so many people were getting healed of the coronavirus, they didn't know what to say? Just an idea. What if we laid hands on the sick more and more and people recovered? I know you're a praying church. I know you've seen a lot of people healed. You've seen a lot of people delivered. But I think God's going to bring it up to a whole new notch and a whole new level for us to see God move incredibly. And the opposition, it always confers. It always comes together. It's amazing how even enemies will work together to try and stop Jesus. But it's really foolish to try and stop Jesus. And they, they said, okay, what we're going to do is we're going we're to tell them to stop. Because if we don't stop, it's, I, I've got good news. It's been spreading all over for 2,000 years. And whenever you try and stop God from moving, you are, you, you don't, you're not smart to challenge God. I look at people and I said, so, so you're challenging God. See, the real issue beyond all the other issues is there's a, there's a world system that's in rebellion against the authority of God. That's really what it is about. It's about the lordship of Christ. It, it's, it's way beyond all these other issues. It's basically all the destruction of all these things and culture and all those things. You know what? It's, it's really rebellion against God in many, many forms. And I, I know there's, there's, you know, there's good things that, you know, different people stand for. And, you know, our heart is to bring reconciliation between the races and all those things to show the love of Christ, to be peacemakers. The good news about being a peacemaker is both sides fight against you and both sides wail on you. But then you become a son of God because that's what happened to Jesus. And you become more Christ-like. And you love both sides of the aisle and you love both sides of people. I had a lady ranting and raving, Pastor, they're Democrats and I can't be here with Democrats. And I said, guess what? God loves Democrats. <laughs> Jesus died for Democrats. He died for Republicans. He died for all people. And we need to get back to his kingdom purposes and his kingdom realities. So opposition always causes us and brings us to a decision. When we bring, have opposition, we have to make choices. We, have to, we realize, is our, is our life built on the foundation of Jesus? Is our life built upon the foundation of Christ? And it's so important. You know what they said? They said, we have to make a decision. You said, stop preaching. Well, that's your business between you and God, but we have to declare what we've seen and heard. You know what? No matter what you do to us, we're going to have to declare Jesus. We're going to have to declare who Jesus is. If you kill us or do whatever, or you put us in prison, we'll start a prison ministry. If you stop us from whatever, if you put a shackle on our mouth, it'll come out our pores. We'll do, we'll write it on the ground. Because we love Jesus. And we stand for him. And it's, and it's very important that we're obedient because we need to obey God, not man. And that's not, that's not to start your own form of rebellion and just rebel against things you don't like. It's to be under the authority of God. If you want to walk in authority, you need to be under his authority. That's a huge issue in the kingdom right now. So we need to obey God rather than man. 
And we must share what we've seen and heard. What are you sharing with people? I asked people, oh, I sent this video. I said, did you share Jesus with anybody this week? Uh... Did you share the gospel with anybody? Did you pray for anybody this week? Did you show love to anybody this week? Did you show kindness to anybody this week? Did you do some good act? You know how you overcome evil? By doing good. That's what the word of God says. By doing good. And the priests, they threatened. They would punish them. And, and the, people, the people, they couldn't punish them because the people were going. I mean, who's going to get upset if people start getting healed of coronavirus? Some people might, you know, might, they might lose their jobs. Sometimes people don't get saved or healed because they don't want to lose their job or their unemployment check. or their. I've had people say, well, don't pray for me to get healed because if I get healed, then I'll have to go back to work. I said, that's, that's pretty sad. We're funny creatures, aren't we, sometimes? I better quit meddling and get back to the passage. And what did they do with the opposition? Did they moan and groan? No. They went back to their fellow believers. And what did they say? They said, let's pray. Let's, let's cry out to God. Let's, let's seek God. I wonder how many people have had prayer meetings rather than complaining meetings. They went back into the early church and they, they began to pray and cry out to God. They didn't pray, oh God, help us, protect us. They said, Lord, stretch forth the hand of your holy servant Jesus and may more signs and wonders, may more healings take place, may more of your salvation show up in our community. That's what we need to be praying for. More boldness and more healings and more signs and wonders. And what was the result of their prayer meeting? I hope the result of our solemn assemblies is that God shakes the ground. Wouldn't you like to be in a few, a few ground-shaking prayer meetings? Yeah, I lived through the big earthquake when I was 10 years old. You'll be all right. I people say, I'm worried about an earthquake. I said, it doesn't matter anyway. What are you going to do about it? You're just going to shake, rattle, and roll, so you might as well shake under God's power. Hello? There's going to be a whole lot of shaking going on. Let's cause the shaking through our prayers. And it said the place they were shaking. The first time Chuck Pierce came to this church, he called me four days before, three or four days. And he said, so you know that God sent me to your church? He said, there's going to be an earthquake when I come. Guess what happened in Duval? It shook the whole area the day he, the day he showed up. The morning, about three or four in the morning, it shook the ground. I've listened to him. He said things like that to me over the years, and they've all, they've all happened. So I tend to listen to him. That kind of gets your attention. Remember the day he walked into my office, he talked about the power of God, and he sat down with his assistant, Brian Clem, he said, Brother Dan, you all got a demon in your office. I go, what? I go, oh, great, Chuck Pierce here, and there's a demon in my office. I don't even know it. <laughs> you got to have fun on the journey. And he goes, do they count the money in here? And I go, uh, yeah, the deacons do, and the, the people that come in. He goes, there's been a demon assigned to your finances. He just went like this, demon on the finance, get out of here in Jesus' name. God is my witness. You know those hydraulics, how they go, from behind me, I felt this, went right through the office. You know what he said? He said, did you feel that? It left. You go, your offerings are going to be different. I didn't say a word to anybody that Sunday. We took a huge offering for him, and we had double a normal offering in that one Sunday. Of course, all my preacher friends said, could he come to our church and do that in our church? And I said... You might not have a demon in your church. 
but demons will stop. See, if you don't believe in a spiritual realm, then everything's just about us. But you need to realize the warfare is way bigger than the narrative we're hearing in the natural. It's a spiritual warfare that's warring over the souls of mankind, civilizations, and generations of people coming into the kingdom of God. We've got to up our eyesight and begin to see from, from the throne of God what's going on in this hour. And we need to deal with opposition by crying out to God. See, opposition crystallizes our boldness. If we don't have any opposition, we tend to go on vacation. Now, we all need, I think, vacation. You all need rest. You all need times to get away and be alone, but you know what I mean. And difficulties can deepen our determination. I don't know about you. I'm more determined than ever. I, I, I'm, more, I'm ready, more ready to fight than I was even. And you know, I'm a fighter. I was ready to fight more now than I've ever been ready to fight. I'm going, the devil's getting re- really, he's wicked, but he's getting really wicked in this hour. He's trying, to destroy the, he's trying to destroy the harvest that God wants to bring in. And he's not going to do it. We're going to stand in Jesus' name for our city, for the people of God. We're going to watch God do some incredible things. And conflict forces us to clarify what we believe. When I hear preachers say, you know, if you don't vote for this person, I don't believe you're a Christian. Is, is, is my salvation dependent on my vote? Where do you get that doctrine from? Not from the word of God. It's man's opinion that's, that's adding something to the scriptures. And you know what? I'm not their judge. God's a person's judge. I'm a witness. But you know what? I want to make sure it's lining up with the word of God, whatever's said. There's so a lot of things being preached and taught that are not lining up with the word of God. And we need to be people who know what we believe. And we are, when we are tempting, and what are you tempting that God has to show up? I love it when I get challenges. I remember a time I went to pray for somebody who didn't believe in God, didn't believe they could be healed, and the Lord told me I'm going to heal them anyway. And I said, I've got good news for you. God's going to heal you right now. They go, no, you don't understand. I don't believe in healing. I said, no, you don't understand. God's bigger than your unbelief. And I'm going to pray for you right now, and God's going to heal you. It's so much fun when you walk with God. Don't you think he just enjoys some of these moments? They prayed, and he got healed. And it's always fun to watch their face. What was that? Oh, that was what you don't believe in. That was the power of God. That was the presence of God. He goes, yeah, I, I don't believe in God, but I think I felt his presence. I said, how's that working with your, with your mind? And it's kind of messing with it. I go, good, because God's going to mess with your mind the rest of your life when you surrender to him. Don't think God's not having fun. And are you expecting God to do things he's never done before? Step out and reach out. I told Rick this week, I said, start reading this book and just start stepping out. Well, you've done it. I said, well, guess what? I had to start the same way. We all didn't know what we were doing when we started. We still don't really know what we're doing. But God knows what he's doing. He chose us. And he's waiting to confirm the word of his servants that are under his lordship and leadership. The The world is waiting for the church to rise up. They just don't know it. They're waiting for God to show up. Last thing. Strength and power in, in opposition. See, opposition should bring unity. What did it bring in the early church? Did they divide and have, were they fighting over should we, you know, side with the Sadducees or the Pharisees? No. They kept the focus on Jesus. They preached and they taught Jesus. This unified the church. This moment in history, this should be the most unifying moment of the church in our, in our lifetime. This should be the time when we join together and fight together and work together and help one another. And they not only cried out to God, but it said they became of one heart and one soul or one mind. 
It's an amazing thing, too, what happens when we get in one mind and one heart and one soul. It doesn't mean we all have to think alike, but we all want to be loyal to Jesus. And they were committed to one another, and they had fellowship. And then Barnabas went and sold his property, and others came, and they sold their property, and they said, guess what? You know, it's not about a material world. One day we're going to be in heaven, so you know what? It's a time in history where we need to help one another. It's a time in history where we need to share what we have with each other. This wasn't a proof text for communism. This is a proof test for the love of God that has touched people's hearts, that they have compassion on people in need. When they have a lot, they share. It's not a a proof text about communism. It's a proof text about what happens when the body of Christ gets united and we really love one another and we realize it's not about a bigger house, a bigger barn, more cars, and more toys. It's about the needs of people. It's about honoring God. We had an awesome experience on, uh, was it Friday night? We went down, one of the young girls in church had a s'more party down at Muckleteo Beach. And we had a good time celebrating her graduation. And we were walking, they all started walking over. I thought, where are they all going? I started following my wife and I, we started following. There was a, a group of black people. Awesome. I just wanted to understand that. I, you know, what, what was happening. We were celebrating this graduation. They said, oh, come on over. Come over and celebrate with us. And then one girl gets up and says, it's my 50th birthday party. She said, come celebrate with us. That, they're not going to put this on the news. There's a large group of black people inviting us as white people to come and join their party. They go, this is her 50th anniversary. We said, oh, and then Kevin said, oh, this is my daughter's graduation. She said, oh, come here. Where's Maddie? Come here, Maddie. Uh, we're celebrating Maddie and we're, we're just having a party. You know, and they started playing the sax, and the, the Lord spoke to me and said, uh, I, I leaned over my wife and said, you know what, I only, got, I only got this in my wallet, but I think I'm supposed to give her a Pentecostal handshake and wish her a happy birthday. She said, fine. So I went walking over there, and I just said, hi. I said, I'm a Pentecostal preacher, and might as well have fun while you're at the beach. And I said, you know what, I said, I'm a Pentecostal preacher, and this has been a happy birthday. God bless you. And she, she grabs me and said, my brother's a Pentecostal preacher, and my dad's a Pentecostal preacher. She goes, we're, a, we're Pentecostals. I go, so are we. And she told me your brother. I said, I know your brother. He's my friend. We were dancing. Then the police showed up. We're dancing to this guy's these incredible jazz saxophone. We're just having, I mean, this is almost like a worship service, you know? And we're having a good old time. And, and I'm standing there. And, and then it was a black police officer. I'm just kind of telling a story. It's not about black, white, and all that stuff. I'm just, it's just the reality of what happened. So I'm standing there. I'm, I'm kind of dancing. And all of a sudden I realized, oh, this, this guy's a security guard. He's a policeman. And he looks at me and says, are you in charge here? And I said, uh, no, I said, uh, it's her birthday party and her graduation and we're just kind of having fun. He goes, well, I found out later he just wanted them to turn the music down a little bit is all he wanted. I didn't know if we were going to start like one of those riots or what was going to happen. It wasn't amazing. And you don't hear about things like that where people actually love one another, have a good time together, honor one another. This is what the church is about. Not about all the stuff that's being pushed out there. Breaking down walls and barriers and building bridges. Understanding people's hurt and pain and where they've come from. And telling their stories and listening to their stories. And not having judgments and things against people that you don't even know. Opposition should bring sacrifice. What a time for the church to sacrifice. I was so proud of this church and proud of my son when you took the souls and city offering. You gave over between forty and fifty thousand dollars and gave it away to other church. Gave it to a brand new church plant that couldn't have their first Sunday. You gave him fourteen thousand dollars. You went to Everett Gospel Mission. You gave to the the nurses and doctors up at Everett Hospital. You started to be the church. How are they going to argue against that? What are they going to say? Oh, you know, you're being too generous in our community. We don't like it. You're haters. 
It doesn't fit into the narrative. It shocks them. When you show kindness to people that hate you, they don't know what to do. If you yell and scream back at them, guess what? They're going to yell louder. You're going to yell louder. And guess what's going to happen? No life transformation. I want you to read this last thing and then we'll pray. I think I'm in my time limit even. Hope you stuck with me. You know what? When we face opposition, this is what we're supposed to do. G. Campbell Morgan, the great expositor, man of God who was affected as a young boy by D.L. Moody when he went to England, became one of the great preachers of the gospel in a college in Cambridge, and he became one of the well-known expositors. I, I, I cry often when I read his works. This is what he said. The business of the church and the world is not the discussion of theories, is not that indulging, is not that indulging in speculations or formulating philosophies. It is out of seeking and saving that which is lost. It is out to find men lying at the beautiful gate, excluded from worship, and put them on their feet and make them worshipers. Forty-five years ago, I was a broken alcoholic and drug addict that cried myself to sleep every night. I was one time loaded for 38 days straight, day and night. I had blackouts where I lost periods of days and came to with people I didn't even know who they were and they knew me. And I had no recollection of being around them. I was broken. But Jesus came into my life and I read the cross of the switchblade in Appleton, Wisconsin on August 11, 1975. That book changed my life. The world needs the gospel. They don't need the stuff the church is putting out by a lot of people. They need Jesus. They need Jesus. They need Jesus. And we're the people that know him. And if we don't make him known by our lifestyles and our action, the world's going to go to hell. It goes way beyond elections. It goes way beyond all the things that people are. It's about a spiritual battle that's gone on for the ages between the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light. And we're children of the light. We're those seeds that he wants to plant into people's lives to share the good news of the gospel. So, Father, I pray today in my feeble attempt, oh, God, there's so many times I wish I could articulate better what you put in my heart. In a world that's so broken and so in need of a Savior, forgive us that we've given ourselves to issues that have distracted us from simple love and devotion. And Lord, we're willing to die for you. We're willing, to, more importantly, to live for you, Lord Jesus. Cleanse us, oh God. I pray the anointing of the Holy Spirit would come upon all who are hearing, that you'd begin to break yokes off necks and shoulders. And Lord, even as you said in Isaiah 61, the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, the recovering of the sight to the blind, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness that they might become trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord. God, may that go viral through the church. May that go viral through videos and through lives, oh God. And for their confusion, you said you'd bring them into their portion, oh God. 
God, break the spirit of confusion off our nation, oh God. And release them into their portion and their destiny, oh God. And God, I pray you begin to break the shame. Begin to break the shame in Jesus' name. And begin to confer double honor. God, double honor upon sons and daughters who are under the domain of darkness to come into the kingdom of the son of your love to be transformed from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light and use us as we pray God we ask you to stretch forth your hand to heal that signs and wonders might be done in the mighty name of Jesus and as we're continuing to pray if you're here this morning and you've not surrendered to the lordship of Christ Jesus Christ is Lord when he prayed in Acts chapter 4, when he said, Lord, see their threatenings, it's the word despot. He's the sovereign Lord. It was all allowed by his hand. Jesus Christ was not a martyr. He willingly laid down his life. He willingly left heaven. He knew what was going to happen to him before he came. And the Father loved you so much, he sent his Son for you. And Jesus loved you so much, he left his throne in glorious heaven as the King and ruler of all. And he came and died on the cross and took your place. No greater love story will ever be told. And if you surrender your life to Jesus, if you're poor in spirit, or if you've known him before and you've walked away from him, I encourage you and challenge you to make him your Lord today. Make him the Lord of your life. Don't let friends or circumstances or your shame. He wants to break shame off people. He told me he was going to heal brokenhearted people today. He was going to release people into their portion that have been so confused by all the narratives that are going on. There's only one narrative, the everlasting story of the good news of Jesus Christ. That was before the foundations of the world and the mind of God, the Lamb was slain to answer every problem of humanity. There's no, other, there's no other solution. God's pharmacy only has one pill, the gospel. The gospel. Jesus Christ, the answer to all of humanity's, all the government's problems. We need to get back to preaching Jesus Christ, that firm foundation. Is there anyone here and say, that's me, Pastor. I need to surrender to the Lordship of Christ. If that's you, I want you to wave your hand boldly. Is there anyone that's like that that would say, that's me, I need to surrender my life to Jesus. You came here today and I need to surrender. Wave and let me see your hand. It's a little hard to see. Thank you. Is there anyone else you'd wave your hand and say, that's me, but I want to surrender. There's many of you waving, waving your hand. I'm going to ask you to stand this morning. I believe God's going to release healing and power and some of you are going to be filled with the Holy Spirit this morning. I'm going to ask the prayer team to come forward. i turn over to Pastor John in a minute, but there's somebody that you've been brokenhearted. There's other people that shame has just controlled your life. You feel like you've sinned away the age of grace, but I've got good news for you. Jesus wants to set you free. And for your shame, if you'll bring it and lay it before him, he'll remove it and he'll give you double honor. I, I always tell people two scoops of ice cream are always better than one. If you like the ice cream, he wants to give you double honor. You need healing. There's healing in this house. And you come, you come, we're gonna pray. You come on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday to the solemn assemblies. God's been moving powerfully. He's been healing people. He's been delivering people. And if you need to surrender, how many of you say, I need to be filled with the Holy Spirit? I've never been filled with the Holy Spirit. I've never spoken in other tongues, but I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Wave your hand. If that's you. Thanks. Come right now. 
Come right now. We'll pray for you. Who else? You need to be filled with the Holy Spirit because when you get filled with the Holy Spirit, you'll enter into a new boldness. Anyone else need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit? You need to speak with other tongues. Wave your hand if that's you. Where are you? This is your day. It's a day to be filled with the Holy Spirit. It's a day to be filled. It's a day to be filled with the Holy Spirit. There's another one that's come. If you need healing or whatever you need, you come. If not, go and, go and impart Jesus to people. Don't impart your opinion. Don't impart your idea. Don't impart what you think is... The, begin to declare the word of God to people. That they can be born again by incorruptible seed, not by corruptible seed. And as you preach the word of God, as you pray for people, as you love people, as you reach out to people, people's lives will be touched. And don't be surprised when this week God asks you to pray for someone or give something to someone or reach out to someone and watch what God will do. Thank you for joining us today for the Sunrise Message of the Week. Take a screenshot of this message, share it on your Instagram stories, help us get the word out. We'll see you next week as Pastor John continues our Revival Prayer series.